0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Jeff. And we are so excited to have you guys here today. We have been walking through the triads um, on the centers of intelligence, and we have talked about the head, the heart, and how we're going to do the gut, which is types uh, 8, 9, and 1. And just to kind of give you a brief overview, Uh, The gut triad has an imbalance in their gut instincts, but they share different assets and liabilities surrounding their gut instincts. And for them, they can struggle with the emotion of anger. Now, it looks different for each of them. The eights are going to see injustices and they're going to respond viscerally in a fast manner. And I'll explain a little bit more of this when we get into each of the types. Now, nines, on the other hand, they're kind of asleep to their anger. And they don't want it to disrupt their peace and harmony so they kind of just ignore it
1: Um, i know we're going to talk about it later but i am not asleep to your anger (laughs) we will definitely talk about very awake when your anger (laughs) well and i think
0: as we grow if we're really doing our work, especially the nines, we're going to start to see it.
1: Yeah, and and I use a line a lot, and this is especially true for nines. And we'll get into it later. But if it's not messy, you're not doing it right. And even for I'm I'm getting ahead of ourselves too. I know the to nines talk about too it. well. I have so much encouragement for nines, and uh, I'll I'll encourage the eight and ones too. So we'll we'll
0: talk about how nines are unaware or asleep to their um, anger, and then the type ones um, they feel that anger is wrong and bad. And so they're going to repress that. Um, but it's going to kind of leak out and be a little picky or uh, nitpicky, critical, maybe kind of some judgments landing on other people. But, um, but their primary desire, so the common desire that they, the three of these share, is justice. Now, eights don't want to see the innocent harmed or betrayed. Um, and so they will step in to protect those that are um, experiencing injustice. Now, the nines, they um, over, they feel overlooked and unimportant. And they don't want anyone else to feel overlooked or unimportant. Un- 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 unimportant. And so they will want to help mediate and step in and to let the light shine on others that they might feel are being overlooked. Now, the type ones, they don't want to see unethical injustice taking place. And so they want to point out what is wrong and inaccurate and they want things to be addressed and fixed. Now, our personality develops strategies in attempts to compensate for our types imbalances. But knowing how we are imbalanced allows us then to work through some of those imbalances and bring out the strengths that we have. All right. So let's uh, introduce the three types that are here, the type eight, the type one, and the type nine.
1: So first up, we're going to start with the eight. Uh, Libby Cole, welcome. We're so glad that you're here.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Now, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do.
2: Well, I have been a certified Enneagram coach through your program for almost three years now. I'm the owner of Expand Coaching and Consulting. And through that, my primary goal is really working with teams and companies. I'm using the Enneagram as a tool, but it's all about helping people be more self-aware, having Mm -hmm. better interpersonal effectiveness. Right and how they can be more effective as a team, and um, so really loving all of this. And uh, next month is my anniversary, so thank y'all
0: so much that for getting a, me on this path. So fun, Libby. Oh, it's a joy. It's such a joy just to hear, you know, how you transitioned so quickly. You know, and I think that's such a testament to. The skill sets, the talents, the passion of the eight, you know, you were like, hey, let's do this. And you just made it happen, which was really fun to hear and see. And just the ripple effects that we know that it's had on other people's lives.
1: Cool. And next up is our type nine. Now we have two Christies on the call, so Mm -hmm. you'll hear me. Uh, refer to Christy with a K or Christy with a C, just to differentiate. So Christy with a K, uh, Christy Erickson, we're so glad that you've joined us. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Thank you. I feel like I could say pretty much what Libby said. Mm -hmm. I've been a certified Enneagram coach through you guys also, doing that for three years. And I'm the owner of Overflow Enneagram Coaching Mm -hmm. and all the same things. I just enjoy it. I love working one-on-one with coaching clients, and I work with teams and leaders.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Christy, you had mentioned the word overflow as the time of your visit. At Libby, did you did you use the word expand or expansive?
2: Expand is my company.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I, I, I love that. I'm- yeah. <laughs> Even in the name of our, our coaching businesses that you're starting to see Enneagram types mm-hmm. come up. So so Christy with a C, Christy, Christy Mishler, uh, we're so glad that you've joined us today. Now, please tell us the name of your, uh, your coaching this business. This is the type one. And this is the type one. So welcome. We're glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do.
4: Thank you. Uh, well, I coach women for total transformation and mind, body, and spirit so they can live their best life. And uh, I, of course, too, went through the Your Enneagram Coach training. And I've been a coach, uh, an Enneagram coach for less than a year, but a life and health coach for over eight years. And I own my own uh, fitness studio where I also do personal training and Christ-centered yoga. Oh, great.
1: Now, Chris, what's the name of your uh, your coaching business?
4: Uh, I, Christy Michler Coaching is, and okay. then I have this uh, Uh, doing business as, and then I have fitness training unlimited for my studio. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Not as much of a direct correlation that I was hoping for, but, uh,
4: (laughs) (laughs) but it's still Christy Michler is the
1: perfect name. It's the right name for your (laughs) coaching. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Well, good. Well, let's dive right in. We're going to do uh, type eight first. And so I'll just give a little bit more of a background of type eights being in the gut triad. Um, Now, when type eights are doing well, they have this incredible um, instinctual intuition in seeing the possibilities and um, the talents of others, and where really to put them on the right seats of the bus. Like they just have this knack, this instinctual knowing, um, which is great because then they can plow a path for these people to live out their best calling and to lead them and guide them. Um, but they also, when they're struggling, um, they can relate to the world with a little bit more resistance. They're um, wanting to control the external environment. They don't want the external environment challenging them, controlling them, betraying them, harming them. And so you're going to see them start to kind of repress their internal fears and vulnerabilities and show a little bit more of aggressive energy or assertive energy, which really underneath is this anger or this passion to really kind of dominate the immediate environment. Now, it doesn't always mean that it's big and bad and this big anger. It's just passion. It's, um, Uh, an intensity that is there. Now, obviously, if you're not doing well, it is going to come out with more um, assertive anger. But we just want to paint that picture that anger isn't always wrong or bad. I think, you know, we get trained in our society that anger is bad and wrong. But if you think of it as more as passion and energy, it kind of helps you to see it from a different light. I mean, Jesus himself was angry in the mm-hmm. temple. He was passionate that people use the temple, His uh, God's house in the right way. But because type eights can repress their softer side, they can lose the ability to um, offer people this kind of this um, intuition of trust and vulnerability. Now, how this can look and appear for type eights, we call type eights the big diesel snow plows that you find up in the Midwest where there's just a lot of snow. And the reason why we call them snow plows is because at the root of their heart, they really want to help others and plow a path for them, which is so amazing. So when they're healthy, you're like, yeah, let me get behind that eight because they've got me. Um, but when they're not so healthy, they can start to nix. The cars on the side of the road or plow right over them. And so what this looks like from a gut reaction is that, like I said earlier, the type eights have this gut knowing, this gut instinct of what is the best path for you to go down or the best seat on the bus. And so that is amazing. We want to be behind them. Now, one thing to recognize, and I'll say this analogy with all three types, and it's so funny how this is different for all three types, but think of a two liter Coke when we think of anger. The type eights are like a two-liter Diet Coke with the lid off of it. And, you know, it's like Mentos are being thrown in to this two-liter Coke, and that's circumstances being challenged, people not doing what they should be doing, maybe injustices. And all these Mentos are being thrown in, and it's this instinctual um, visceral reaction that happens instantaneous. And you'll know this if you are around type 8s. It's not like ready, aim, fire. It's just fire and then maybe ready, aim. And, and it is this gut reaction that you're going to find with 8s. And a lot of times that can then spew out and land on other people like, whoa, like what? Why are you so angry? Why are you so intense? And the 8s are usually like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not That angry or I'm not that intense. I mean, yeah, I'm feeling a little something here. And so they don't realize the intensity and um, the scope that their energy can land on other people. That's why I like the analogy of this two liter Coke and Mentos uh, popping in because to them, they're just releasing the energy that has been, uh, I wouldn't even say built up because it doesn't really even stay built up in them. It just releases very quickly. So Libby, I would just love to hear Is this true? And if it's true, can you just share us like your insights and maybe a story of how this instinctual knowing comes out?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was laughing through that whole description because it's so perfect. And I love the two liter Coke. I hadn't heard that before. So it it is so visual for me that spilling out on other people. Um, But, you know, when I was growing up, my mom always said that I had strong discernment. And so when you talk about that instinct and the intuition, that's always the Mm -hmm. word that comes up for me is that discernment that I've always had. Um, And then on the flip side of that, I got told a lot that I was too much.
0: Mm, Yeah.
2: And so in a lot of ways, you know, the things that you're saying is that it's like, it's too much anger. It's too much instinct. It's too much of that spewing on everyone else. And that was a message that I got a lot when I was growing up. Um, but a lot of what I relate to that gut center is the idea of like embodiment, right? Like I get flushed when I get angry, you know, it Mm -hmm. might come out as tears sometimes, you know, yes, eights do cry, but it's usually out of anger and not Mm -hmm. out of sadness or hurt. Um, and like my heart rate will start racing. Um, so my husband and I have a joke because sometimes he'll say things that I don't agree with or are outside of my control (laughs) and my watch will tell me to calm down. (laughs) Yeah. My heart rate is going so fast because that's, that's so helpful. Right. But it's because I'm like embodying that anger also. Um, And those Mentos are like coming into me and I'm getting (laughs) (laughs) shaken up. And So that has also helped me to kind of check in with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I can feel that flush or if I can feel my heart rate going, my watch is telling me to calm down, then that's when I can start to actually check in with it instead of suppressing it or ignoring it. Mm. Um, And I loved what you were saying about it being passion instead of anger, you know, and like intensity in a good way. Um, Because I tell all the companies I work with that like my goal is to give eights a better rap.
1: Right. Now, uh, Libby, it sounds like you've done uh, some work around uh, the energy level that you bring to situations. Uh, In regards to your family of origin, how did they relate to your passion and energy?
0: We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening, but when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today.
2: You know, I've still gotten that too much, even from the family. And, you know, honestly, in our family, the Enneagram has helped us to understand each other and to heal. You know, even my relationship with my parents, um, my sister and I actually used the Enneagram to really heal our broken relationship as Mm. adults. She's a one, Christian, Ooh, <laughs> and I'm an eight. That's
1: a you little know, spicy so, to yeah, have some kids at eight and a one. <laughs> right?
2: And in a lot of ways, we showed up similarly, right? And okay. we were right. both strong. We're both passionate. Yep. Um, but understanding that we do it for different reasons yeah. was huge for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I often share that story, you know, when I'm doing keynotes or working with teams, because it just right off the bat shares how this tool can be transformational.
1: You know, Libby, it's interesting for eights and ones, because they carry a little bit of the message behind is, uh, first, that maybe parents weren't enough. Now, it's different, though, because eights are like, you're not strong enough to handle the situation, but ones are, you're not doing a good enough job Mm -hmm. in parenting me. Uh, Do you think that was a little bit a part of the dynamic for you, is that your parents' type like maybe they weren't as um, they weren't showing up as strongly as what you had hoped.
2: Well, my mom's probably going to listen to this, Jeff. So
0: my, parents, in my parents listen to <laughs> I get it.
2: We re- it's OK. We've reflected on this. You know, my dad's a seven and my mom's a five. And so they're both in the head triad. Right. Yeah. Um, I do think that there was a message a lot of times of not tapping into your feelings. And yeah. um, I'm the youngest. So I think that the family dynamics there also was like, sometimes I was an afterthought when I was following the baseball or the softball or whatever it was. And, and then the third child's there. Um, so I definitely think that those aspects came into play. Um, but it wasn't as much for me, like a traumatic part in childhood. Um, my dad says, I just woke up one day and was like, I'm not gonna take it anymore yeah like i'm not gonna go along anymore i'm not gonna just be in the wagon at the baseball field (laughs) and yeah it was just that was it i was done and then
0: i've been like that
2: (laughs) the rest of my life
0: it's you know it's it's interesting like just hearing your family dynamics you know the the five you know is very logical your sister's very logical your dad's like let's all be positive you know and and you're just like no let's be authentic and real And the types fours, sixes, and eights, they are emotionally reactive types. And so even though you're in the gut center and you have this visceral response, it also carries with it a lot of emotions. And here you're in a family dynamic that it's either be positive from dad's angle or mom is like, uh, can we just not do the emotions? Can we just think through this logically? And your sister's like, can you please do what's right? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And you're like, guys, let's be authentic and real here. You can see how that can feel a, a little topsy-turvy for you in that relational dynamic. Does that seem true? A hundred percent. And that's still
2: the dynamic, right? Like I want to yeah. talk about it. And you know, even other members of my family are like
1: as a truth teller. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
2: Let's not brush it aside. Like, let's Mm -hmm. get to the core of it. Let's be honest. Let's be open. You know, that conflict, it's not a dirty word to me. And it really is to so many others and everyone in my family. And Mm -hmm. so then it is this matter of like, do I push through that or do I let it go? And I think in a lot of my kind of emotional maturity, I have let go of some of that. Because of that snowplow, you know, I'm not just going to plow over them if they're not ready to have those conversations yeah. and they're not ready to engage in that. Um, so I think that that's like a balance.
1: You mm-hmm. oh, know, no, some of that is, yeah.
2: is good boundaries, yep. um, but it also it has been something that I've had to learn.
1: No, yeah. Libby, I would imagine that. Uh, do you have children?
2: I do. I have two. I have a a nine year old who's a, a self proclaimed one. Uh okay it's good that i learned to relate to my sister and then i have a a six-year-old little girl and i am pretty sure she is my karmic retribution (laughs) i'm I'm pretty sure she's gonna slide into that is that an
1: enneagram type (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if anyone's ever given a type that name but karmic retribution (laughs) no that
2: that she's an eight and that she's like my right because i have to deal with her and we are so much alike, yeah and
1: and I'm sure this also shows up in your coaching relationships. So whenever you start to see someone who maybe is processing or relating to a a hurdle or a barrier to their own personal growth, your response is I you know that I've never uh, come across something that doesn't move and get out of my way mm-hmm. and but you're trying to do this for other people mm-hmm. and so you're having response. And they're having a response to this obstacle. Uh, how, how, do you, how have you learned to use the gift that you bring while also affirming their process for growing?
2: Absolutely. That's a great question because I did have to learn early on that I could not control them. And I could not control the outcome of the coaching. Um, And I wanted to, you know, even working with teams earlier on, I wanted everyone to like decide their core type and be ready to have the conversation. And sometimes people just aren't there yet. And so I had to learn to kind of push myself out of the way so that I could lean into that. But interestingly, I've actually had clients specifically seek me out because I'm an eight Because they want a little bit more of that eight to rub off on them. (laughs) And they want me to kind of help them lean into some of those eight traits. And so that's been fun because it's just like, okay, let me share a little bit with you about who I am and and why I am the way I am, right? And helping people to kind of tap into some of those more positive traits as well. Um, So it's been on both sides. Like I've had to take myself out of the way and I've had to use the gifts that I have to share with others.
0: Now, with the type eight, you know, with this anger, this imbalance of anger that all three of us, you know, the eight, uh, nine, and one has, for you, it's, there's just a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, a lot of the desire to challenge and to get going. In fact, eights are like, hey, that is where I feel most alive when I'm pushing hard and I'm exerting and I'm not stopping and what I tell people a lot of, I mean, obviously we've got the snow plow analogy and we've got the two liter coke, but another one is, um, is like lights in a room that are turned all the way up, you know, the dimmer switch all the way up to hundred percent. And, you know, someone might walk and go, Whoa, that is really bright. And you're like, I know, isn't it great? Like it brings life and energy and everyone else is like, Can you just like simmer it down just a little bit, like turn it down. And actually that's ac- is helpful for an eight to recognize because what eights don't realize is even though they feel alive by exerting all of this energy, um, is that they wear themselves out. They don't even know that it's happening until their body shuts down. And is like, I can't do this anymore. Maybe they get sick. Um, it could be lots of things and their body's just like no more. And so what I'm trying to encourage my clients that are type eights is, Hey, We're just talking about dialing it back to like 85. Like I'm a nine, I'm at 30%. I need to dial it up to maybe 40 or 50 if I'm lucky. But for the eight, we're like, hey, you're still intense at 85, but we don't want you to burn yourself out. Can you kind of describe what it feels like as a type eight to be at 100% and why that just feels so great, but also and how it's hard to quote unquote, edit yourself back to 85 and how have you seen that been beneficial, but extremely hard to do? It is hard because sometimes I don't want to dial myself back.
2: Right, like, <laughs> right. I'm like this is just who I am, and and should I have to change for other people's comfort? Right, like yeah. that's part of that inter internal struggle. Yeah. Um, but it's funny you use that analogy. My very first boss told me that my fifty percent was everyone else's hundred percent. Mm, yeah, absolutely. and that was something that kind of stuck with me. You know, because it also goes back to my expectations of other people. Yeah, like I tend to be more like, "Well, just get on my level then." Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this isn't hard, people.
1: I, I, that was a pregnant pause.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, instead of me dialing back, why don't you rise up? You know, and so that is, a, it is an internal struggle. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that idea of being too much, you know, I've pulled a lot of eight women because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we get that kind of yeah. misnomer that we're we're misunderstood. It's not necessarily how women are supposed to show up. And, you know, that idea of being too much comes up a lot. So I do think that there is a, a healthy, safe, you know, percentage that you can dial back a little bit, but how do you find that line that you are not turning yourself
0: off? Yeah. And I think that's so, so helpful to say, because as a coach, my goal is to definitely keep my eights as eights. We need you to be an eight. God created you to be an eight. We need those snow plows to plow our path. Uh, you know, for us uh, to help us, but at the same time, dialing it back is is also a healthy benefit for the eight. It's not just about other people; it's also about ensuring your own personal health and self care. Can you kind of talk about what you've ex- what you've felt and experienced when you've done self care mm-hmm. by pulling it back just a little bit? Yeah, and I think part of that too is understanding
2: that dialing it back a little bit. It's not changing me, right? It's growing. It's leaning into Mm. these more healthy tendencies. And so I think sometimes it's like redefining that in my head, that Mm. this is actually good for me to be in that space. And it's not about changing me into something that I'm not. Um, But, you know, meditation, prayer, um, I've actually really found that just like stream of consciousness journaling is really Mm. good for me to do that. Yeah. Um, because when I can just kind of get it all out and then look at it a little more logically, right? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> let, let the Mento can... spewing <laughs> happen on the paper and then yeah. <laughs>
2: tap into it. Right. Um, you know, and I also got some advice recently about letting my emotions out in ways that feel safe for me. Um. And so almost like scheduling that time in ways that I know that I can be emotional and I can tap into those emotions. Yeah. But I know that I'm not going to have to like turn around and do a presentation right afterwards or that I need to be present mm-hmm. for my kids right afterwards, you know? Right. And so even like scheduling time to feel the feels, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, so good. You know, right? And it, it sounds kind of funny to like schedule that, but honestly, as an eight, that feels doable to me. Mm-hmm. It feels more comfortable to me. And
0: it also feels like I'm controlling that environment in a yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing um, you ready? To let's head go on, Type Nine. We'll head into my world with Christy Erickson. The
1: Type 9's world. You don't own the Nine world. Maybe path. I do.
0: She do that. Well, guys, where can people find you? You're certified Enneagram coaches with YEC. Um, so, where can they find you? Uh, tell us websites and social handles and all the the great places that you guys are at.
1: Yeah, Libby, let's start with you. Mm-hmm.
0: All right.
2: Well, again, I'm Expand Coaching and Consulting. So you can find me at www.expandcoachingandconsulting.com. Um, but my Instagram handle is Enneagram to Expand. And that's where I am most active on social media. Um, but I would love to chat and help anybody. Um, my little tagline is challenging people to push beyond and, and expand their boundaries. So um, hopefully folks are interested in that
3: and will reach out to me.
1: Great. Thanks Libby. And Christy with a K.
3: Yes. You can find me on the YEC network What's with so? you guys yep. and you can find me at overflow And yeah, I, I would love to chat with you too. I, I, I kind of work from this idea that everybody is leading somebody. We mm. all are leading somebody, whether it's your your children or mm. your friends or your colleagues or whatever. And um, I just like the idea that when it when it comes to serving, leaders do go last. I know that Simon Sinek says that when it comes to serving, leaders go last. But when it comes to growing, leaders go first. Mm. And That's good. It's just, I think so much. I spend a lot of my time thinking about the idea of who we are becoming, who we are becoming in Christ and who we are becoming matters. Um, So there you go. Great. Thank you. Overflowenagram.com and YEC Network.
4: Great. And Christy with a C. Yeah. And I too am on the YEC Network and you can find me on Instagram, Christy, uh, lowercase, lower dash, Mishler, and then on Facebook, uh, Fitness Training Unlimited. And uh, website to fitnesstrainingunlimited.com.
0: Great. Well, guys, thank you so much. And for those of you that are interested in uh, getting in touch with them, like they said, they're on our uh, YEC coaches network uh, and their directory. And all you got to do is go to myenneagramcoach.com. So again, that's myenneagramcoach.com. Put their names in the search and there they are. you can connect with them and learn more about them or the websites and the uh, Instagram handles that they told you. But Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you've really learned a ton about the gut triad, the eights, nines, and ones, whether that's you or someone that you love and that this has been beneficial. We hope that you'll share it. We're also on YouTube, so check us out there and you can see all these beautiful faces. Um, And we hope that if, for those of you that are interested and you just are always sharing the Enneagram with the next person and you can't help it, maybe you need to be an Enneagram coach like these three. So if you are interested uh, just email us at info at your Enneagram And we'd be happy to have someone talk with you about what being a coach is all about. But as always, remember the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder because it's the gospel that transforms us. We'll see you next time.